What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Toma Todito Show. And Canelo Alvarez is one step closer to successfully completing the goal that he set out to accomplish, and that was to unify the 168-pound division. He stops Billy Joe Saunders and has now called out Caleb Plant. What an event this was uh, this past Saturday night, what was scheduled to host approximately 60,000 people by the time that the gates were open and tallied over 73,000 people were present and witnessed uh, Canelo Alvarez stop uh, Billy Joe Saunders live from the uh, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. What an event, what a scene. I mean these even the walkouts are becoming these grand spectacles. Uh, the mariachis that walked out, Canelo Alvarez, a famous Mexican singer by the name of Pepe Aguilar, and now his children who are singing uh, uh, along his side, uh, they they put on a performance. Back in February, we saw Jay Balvin, who's a, a famous uh, urban singer uh, in Spanish music. Uh, he walked out, Canelo, they're becoming these huge spectacles just to be able to walk out to the ring. The sh It's a whole show, and... And Canelo delivers each time out. This is the third time that he's fought in the last six or so months. And he is successful once again. He has the WBA, WBC, and WBO uh, super middleweight titles uh, around his waist alongside the Ring Magazine title. And uh, and now is headed straight for the IBF with Caleb Plants. Uh, let's hope that fight happens. It looks like they're going to try to make that for September for the Mexican uh, festivities, uh, Mexican independence festivities, which usually happen the weekend of between September 14th, September 16th. Um, famous weekend, famous. That's a that's a that's a famous uh, weekend that's always set aside for for big Mexican fights. Mayweather had that date uh, several years while he was in his in his peak of um, owning the pay per view market. But Canelo has taken it back, and that's the date that they're going to shoot for. Amazing, amazing fight, uh, fight night, uh, that is. The uh, the undercard by far gained the most fans. I mean, the it, it got the attention to the ring. The fights were okay. The fights were entertaining. It was good matchmaking overall um, on behalf of um, of the zone and matchroom. Um, Entertaining fights. Frank Sanchez, successful. Stops Nagy Aguilera in the sixth round and what was an awkward stoppage, an awkward end to the fight. Nagy Aguilera complaining of, um, of continuous blows to the back of the head. Ends up rolling around in the ring. The fight gets stopped. It goes to the scorecards and, uh, and Frank Sanchez is deemed the winner, wins by decision and now finds himself one step closer to, uh, to having a shot at a at one of the major world titles, Frank Sanchez, very good Cuban boxer, uh, good boxing for a heavyweight. He moves very well, good pedigree, and of course, training with Eddie Reynoso and the Canelo team. Uh, good showing on his behalf. Nagy Aguilera, a veteran, uh, you would have thought that he would have dirtied the the dirty the fight a little bit, that he would have muddied the waters and and made a made a tough showing for for Sanchez at least expose some of the weaknesses, but he didn't have an answer for Frank Sanchez. Didn't have much defense. Didn't have uh, much to offer. Uh, easy 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 night for for Frank Sanchez. Didn't come away marked up uh, at, at all. So so he's ready to get back in there within the next few months. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing 
what, what he's able to accomplish in, in a stacked heavyweight division. Of course, just a week removed from the big Andy Ruiz, Chris Ariola fight, which is so entertaining and, uh, Joseph Parker with Chisora. So there, there's a lot of opponents that he could take on. You know, uh, you got the Joe Joyce, uh, of the world. You got Usyk. You got Pavetkin still, Dillian White, uh, Wilder, who still hasn't, uh, announced this comeback. Of course, Joshua Fury, that fight still in limbo whether it's going to happen or not but there's a lot of a lot of uh fighters out there daniel dubois recovering uh from his injury uh late last year so there's a lot of live guys luis ortiz let's not forget about king kong luis ortiz is still out there but frank sanchez he's coming up he's looking good and uh and I can't wait to see what, what he has to offer in the near future. And then, of course, we get to, uh, Elwin Soto defending, successfully defending his title and against, uh, Katsunari Takayama. What an entertaining fight that defined, that fight defined punches and bunches. They went at each other. Good boxing on both sides. Good chin. A lot of heart. And they left it all out there for one another. The the ending was brought, or, or it came about the 10th round, within seconds of the 10th round getting underway. Uh, they they engage one another in a flurry of punches, and as they're finishing up the exchange, it looks like, uh, like Takayama just took the worst of the exchange. The final blow was a right hook from, um, from Elvin Soto that lands on the left cheek, left side of the face to Takayama. He, he briefly ducks his head down. Uh, in what must have been a split second, within half a second to a second or so, he had a little bit of a slight delay, uh, a delayed reaction there in lifting his eyesight, his head back into position. So that delay caused the referee to jump in and wave the fight off. The fight was waved off in the 10th round. Elwin Soto deemed the winner. It stopped and, and it, it, it left a bitter taste in, in the fan's mouth, definitely in mine because Takayama looked looked like he just he was gonna keep coming forward. Yes, he had a delayed reaction, and maybe Owen Soto was on his way to stopping him or dropping him, but let him fight. He was in it. He was even even when his sight when he regained his composure, which again, this was a split second. If you watch that replay, it was a split second that he just dropped his eyesight. And he had that little bit of a delayed reaction, which was very slight. But the referee jumped in, stopped the fight. Takayama, I think, would have been able to finish that round. Or maybe he gets stopped. Who knows? But let him fight it out. These were two amazing warriors. And they left more to to desire. They gained the viewership. If the fans were walking around uh, at the concession stands or their eyesight was elsewhere, uh, this one tuned them in. The, the crowd was beyond engaged in this fight and every exchange had the crowd cheering, the crowd chanting and, uh, and it engaged everybody and it prepared them for what was to be an awesome main event fight. Uh, again, it, it was an amazing undercard, great matchmaking. Soto and Takayama, I hope they run it back. That gets stopped in the 10th round, uh, deemed the TKO. Owen Soto retains his title, the WBO, uh, light flyweight title. Then we get to the main event. Of course, like I mentioned, the walkouts, they get in there. A lot of drama that happened in the ring uh, or outside of the ring before they get in the ring, right? A lot of drama in the lead up to this fight. Billy Joe Saunders, of course, um, 
threatening to pull out of the fight. John Ryder supposedly was brought in to be a last-minute stand-in opponent against Canelo. That ended up getting swayed as if it was a fake news type uh, type reporting. And John Ryder said that he was planning on being there anyways, but he was he would be willing to step in. But he was planning on being there in Dallas anyways to uh, to begin promotion for his. Um, title shot at the uh he has a shot coming up against uh up and coming david morrell jr uh in late june and he's going to be going for the uh interim version of the wba championship in that same division of course the main title the wba super middleweight title belongs to canelo alvarez uh the full version of it he has a WBC, and now he collected the WBO, which he took in emphatic fashion. He stops Billy Joe Saunders. He connects a nasty uppercut towards the letter, the latter portion of the eighth round, uh, fracturing what has now been reported as uh, as as a frac- fractured orbital bone. Um, it was reported now that uh, as of Sunday morning that he suffered multiple fractures to to the eye socket and and underwent surgery Sunday evening. Would be flying back to England. Billy Joe Saunders, that is, would be flying back to England uh, Wednesday evening of this coming week. Um, it it was almost like a karmic effect, right? It's it, it's it, it was a hell of a punch. It was a good fight. I actually had Billy Joe Saunders ahead in the scorecards uh, at that point. At the point that it that it came to an end, I I saw Canelo starting to come back. But I mean, wow, what a it was a good performance. What I liked about it was that Billy Joe Saunders, like I mentioned in the preview show, uh, to me, he, if he was to find success or if he formulated some type of plan, it was for him to try to play it like Eddie Slandi Lara did against Canelo years back. Again, Canelo's not the same Canelo that fought Eris Landilara by no stretch of, uh, of your imagination. He's a completely different fighter. He's a complete fighter now. And, Nonetheless, that that would be the the style, the only style that I would see that would give him trouble. Coming at Canelo, trying to go head to head with them, trying to exchange, uh, similar to Golovkin. Well, not everybody's Golovkin, and Golovkin had success with that, but uh, but came away uh, on the wrong end of the scorecards, and one of them was a draw. Right, so it's hard to find fight Canelo like that. Other fighters that have tried to fight Canelo like that, uh, fighting force with force, uh, end up on the canvas. Billy Joe Saunders. The arguments in the early in the week coming to um, becoming an issue of the ring size, right? Where Canelo wanted an eight foot, eighteen foot size ring, eighteen by eighteen, willing to meet halfway at twenty by twenty ring. Uh, B.J. Saunders looking to pull out of the fight if they didn't guarantee him a twenty four foot size ring. Uh, ended up giving way to a twenty two foot size ring. Canelo uh, gave way as well. Met him. Uh, he okayed that, and by the time the fight started, they did fight in a 22 by 22 foot size ring. And of course, it was to play to the favor of Billy Joe Saunders because he likes to stick and move. He likes to box. He likes. To, he's very elusive with his movement, and he was. He was backpedaling. He was rounding. He was circling the ring. He was boxing great. Once he came alive, I actually gave Billy Joe Saunders the opening round. And then Canelo took the next three rounds, in my opinion, round two, three, and four. Then Billy Joe Saunders, I actually had him in a landslide for round five, six, and seven. Round five was a little bit questionable, but I did give it to Billy Joe Saunders. Round six, I think Canelo could have taken it. Um, 
But still, I thought, I thought Billy Joe Saunders just boxed him. He was just boxing and connecting from the outside. The output was a little bit higher for, for Billy Joe in those rounds versus Canelo just waiting until they closed in the gap, hitting him with either the overhand, overhand right, missing the uppercut several times, trying to connect to the body in which he successfully did. And even those hits that were partially blocked to the body by Billy Joe's elbow were still significantly uh, causing some some significant damage to Billy Joe because they were still landing and you would see the reactions of Saunders, you know, shaking off the arm, shake, nodding his head at Canelo, nodding that he wasn't hurt. And that's usually when, when they acknowledge a certain punch is because it did hurt or it did sting them and they're just letting them know like, hey, you got me, but you didn't, you're not going to put me out with that punch, at least not yet. So you started seeing that a lot towards the sixth and seventh round, a lot more acknowledgement, a lot more animation on behalf of of Billy Joe Saunders as far as showing emotion and trying to talk to Canelo, trying to engage him in that, in that mental warfare. Canelo stayed in there like a robot, like a machine just kept coming at Billy Joe. By the eighth round, in the middle of an exchange, Billy Joe Saunders continued to commit the same mistake where he would punch in, duck, and try to pull back. As he stepped back, his head was exposed, and he did it multiple times in the fight, several times that Canelo caught him partially with that with that uppercut and several times that he missed because Billy Joe Saunders managed to get out of the way just quick enough but this was one that he wasn't able to to get out of the way fast enough and of course it's the eighth round he's starting to slow down a little bit as well well he his head stayed in there too long in the pocket he couldn't get out of the way the uppercut landed flush on that on that cheekbone on that high cheekbone and ended up causing the fracture you immediately saw the damage as billy joe saunders stood erect you immediately saw that his eye was red it was that blood red uh you saw the damage you saw the swelling to the cheek start taking place and now he's on the fence he's on he's uh he's backstepping and canelo starts egging the crowd on. He starts waving his arms up at the crowd as to tell him, hey, start cheering for me. This is it. Engage. We're, we're about to stop this guy. And the crowd went wild. And then he lands another succession of punches. And again, he antagonizes the crowd and the crowd responds positively, getting loud in there. It was such a crazy scene. The round comes to an end and Billy Joe Saunders fails to answer the bell for the ninth round. Uh, they wave the fight off and Canelo collects his third major world title uh, and fourth overall in the super middleweight division. He now has the WBA title and uh, with the TKO win, a stoppage of Billy Joe Saunders. Why I say that is such a karmic effect. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, the issues that happen to the lead up of the fight, the talking that he does, uh, including... I mean, this is Billy Joe Saunders has, has a track record, has a trajectory throughout his career of being a bit of a loudmouth, of mocking people, of getting a laugh at other people's expense, and and including in the lead up to the fight, he mocked one of the uh, the Mexican reporters by telling them that that his breath stunk, and and maybe not in those words, maybe he used more colorful language. Uh, a very a very well known uh, Mexican reporter by the name of Salvador Rodriguez, who who actually now is part of the uh, the ESPN Deportes um, broadcast or telecast. Uh, so he mocks him and he turns around as he makes that comment to him at the conclusion of their interview. 
and and his team joins in on the laughter they just they mock they laugh they constantly get laughs at other people's expense and and i think it diminishes from his talent from his abilities that that personality or character flaw it's it sucks because it diminishes from how good of a boxer he really is. He has a lot of potential. He doesn't have a lot of pop in his punch. Uh, obviously, as shown by his record, he has 14 knockouts, but he was a 30 and 0 fighter. Now he suffers his first defeat. He was a 30 and 0 undefeated fighter with a title. And by far, in my opinion, like I said in the previous show, the best opposition that Canelo could have at 168 at the moment, as far as the champions were concerned. I think Caleb Plant is another version of Billy Joe Saunders, who has even less pop in his hands. It's just by opposition, Caleb Plant has looked better with the opposition that's been put in front of him in some instances. But we just saw him earlier this year against Caleb Truex, and, and he didn't look that great. A tried and true veteran that Caleb Truex is, he's definitely in the back end of his, uh, in the downslope of his career, and Caleb Plant should have sent the message. He should have stopped him. David Benavides is doing it each time out, and he did it again against, uh, against Ronald Ellis. So, David Benavides is out there. I think that's the biggest threat that he has, but out of the champions right now, and out of the current opposition that Canelo, that would step into the ring with Canelo, at the minimum this year, between Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders, and Caleb Plant, which are the other champions in that division, or were, Billy Joe Saunders, to me, was a by far better opponent for Canelo and the more complete, the most complete opponent that Canelo could face in that division over Callum Smith or Caleb Plant. And I stand by that, by that opinion. I feel like Canelo is one step closer to completing the goal that he set out to accomplish in unifying and becoming the undisputed champion at 168. And he's one step closer. Now he's there. He's going to accomplish this. Caleb Plant has leverage on his side now because this is the title. He holds the title. He holds the final piece to Canelo completing his goal. And he could easily outprice himself. And, and they immediately mentioned that in the, at the conclusion of the telecast. Now, who else can Caleb Plant get in the ring with that wouldn't mean anything at this moment? Maybe David Benavides, but Benavides is fighting Uskategi and, uh, uh, Uskategi in, in August. These guys are going to shoot for September. So unless he sits out and he doesn't give Canelo the shot, then what do we have? Benavides is not going to be able to come back. Uh, within a few weeks time uh, after his fight with Uskategi and fight Canelo because he's fighting at the end of August and Canelo usually fights in the middle of September. So that's not going to happen unless they offer some type of step aside money for Uskategi, but those are all PBC fighters. So that's not going to happen. Caleb Plant, who else can he step in there with? Maybe a Callum Smith, a former opponent of Canelo. I, it, it wouldn't make sense. Who else? There's nobody else at the moment. So the, the move for Caleb Plant would be to try to get as much money, as big a payday as possible against Canelo Alvarez and just suck it up and get in there. Caleb Plant is not a bad fighter at all. He's, he's, he's definitely at the peak of his career right now, but it's, I just don't see him beating Canelo Alvarez. He could beat a lot of good fighters. He could be a lot of potentially great fighters. But he's not at the level of Canelo Alvarez. I I just don't see it. 
I, I believe if Charlo moved up to 168, Charlo would be the next in line. Uh, Saunders would probably be a Charlo. Caleb Plant, I don't think could beat, uh, Jamal Charlo. Uh, if Danny Jacobs fights, uh, Caleb Plant, Danny Jacobs could beat Caleb Plant, in my opinion. Why that fight hasn't happened, I don't know. But if Caleb Plant is not going to fight Canelo, that's possibly one of the opponents that he could take on Danny Jacobs to at least be somewhat of a meaningful fight for him where people would not criticize him for having dodged Canelo Alvarez and unifying this division. Uh, A. Golovkin. Even though Golovkin is in the latter stages of his career, that would be a meaningful fight. But fighting anybody else would not be a meaningful fight for Caleb Plant at this moment. There's nobody else. There's nobody else that he could potentially fight right now that would mean anything. This is a fight to make, and he could very likely price himself out and not let that fight happen in September, and this may have been the last time that we see Canelo in action for 2021. He does want to fight in September. He's possibly going to come back in December, but it's just it would just be say, a fight against uh, Jaime Munguia. I guess Munguia is fighting uh, Masiach Suleki uh, in June in a fight that got rescheduled from April. So the Munguia-Canelo showdown would be just for the fans and because of the weekend, because it's a big Mexican holiday. So that would be just a, a fight-type fan, um, a, a fight-type fan, a fight that would just make sense for the fans, for fandom. But other than that, the fight to make is going to be against Caleb Plant and expect that a lot of BS is going to happen as far as purse bids and uh, and the money. Similar to what we're seeing with Tyson and Joshua. Caleb Plant's not at that position of either Joshua or Fury, but he does have that title. The last piece that Canelo wants it, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to pay me to get in the ring? How much are you willing to pay to get me in that ring with you? That's what the, the game is going to be uh, from here on. Uh, for the next couple months until they actually sign that fight. Um, the venue will be another thing, right? They want to do it in Vegas. They're already talking about possibly doing it at the brand new, uh, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, the, uh, another football stadium there that, that, that is bound to pack a lot of people as well. So the venue would be another big, Another big uh, questionable thing, whether Caleb Plant feels like he should probably take it to the East Coast or do it in the in the West Coast. So the games are going to start as far as uh, the bidding and the purses and the money. But Canelo Alvarez has cemented himself as the who's who in the 168 division. Caleb Plant stands in the way of him succeeding uh, his uh, and accomplishing his goal that he set out to uh, to uh, to meet to make a reality. And Caleb Plant could very likely dethrone Canelo and be the man at 168, taking all three major world titles away from Canelo and the Ring Magazine Championship. That's what's at stake for Caleb Plant. He believes in his power. He believes in his efforts. He believes in his abilities. And he believes that he's the best at 168. Step in the ring. Challenge Canelo. Take those titles from him the right way. Take the titles and take the throne uh, from Canelo and, uh, and make yourself... Make yourself the man to be, to beat a 168 pound division. Let's see what happens in the coming months. Overall, good showing for the cards. Amazing scene at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium with 73,000 plus fans there. Um, it, the critics are already out for Canelo as well. And a lot of the Mexican reporters are huge critics of Canelo Alvarez, which are, 
which, which are of course saying that he, he cherry picks his opponents and this, and it's another easy fight for Canelo that he looked bad, that he looked, I don't know what they want from him. The man looks solid. He looks like he gets better every single fight. He's a puzzle to figure out and he creates problems for the other fighters. He, he poses huge problems by way of his strength and his punching power, which changes the plans of, and, and, and the, uh, the plans formulated by his opponents, right? The styles that the opponents present, uh, that, that are supposed to present problems for him, uh, are often, are often mitigated because of that punching power. They're not able to execute their plan properly. So awesome, awesome showing by Canelo Alvarez. Let's hope, let's hope that September does happen and that this was not the last time that we see Canelo Alvarez, uh, in 2021. Um, uh, again, for Billy Joe Saunders, I, he ate his words. He ate his words, his antics. He got humbled, but, absolutely no ill will towards towards a, a great boxer and billy joe saunders uh let's hope and let's push for a speedy recovery a healthy recovery at that and let's hope that this is not a career ending injury that he gets back in the ring and um and gets back into title contention and, and becomes a champion again uh let's hope that this isn't the 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 moment that derails his career and puts a brings it to a close uh, Kel Brook, uh, bring, comes to mind, you know, he suffered an injury against Gennady Golovkin, uh, to the orbital bone. Then he gets into, uh, into the ring against Errol Spence later on down his career, suffers the other side, a fracture on the other side of his face, but he's still fighting. He fought Terrence Crawford. Obviously, he went down in that fight as well, but he's still fighting. He's still pushing through a lot of heart there. Let's hope the same for Billy Joe Saunders. What a scene this past Saturday night. I'll talk to you all soon. Take care of yourselves and tune in to the next episode of the Tomatolito Show. Have a good night, guys.